this format of being together, but also having some people up here to just share what God is doing in their lives is indicative of what the conference was this past week. Some of you may know, some of you may not. So I'm going to do like a brief intro and then just let us talk about it. And then if you have questions or thoughts, you can, you can ask them. But um, God put us in Tampa last weekend on purpose for that time. It was undeniable and it was a huge blessing. And we came back sort of like inspired um, with some of the maybe training wheels taken off in terms of, all right, God, what are you going to do? What's it look like? It was exciting. And uh, what it was was a conference by a church that doesn't have ministries or programs per se. They're a church that has groups that live on mission. And so they come together and they celebrate and they worship from time to time, but these people are excited about ministering in whatever area of the community they get an opportunity. So just like we're experimenting with missional communities, they're doing that. We're curious, how are they doing that? Why are they doing that? So we expected to go there and have them say, well, this is how you do it. Excellent. So I just had a brilliant idea. Um, I just thought maybe I would tell you that about six months ago or so, um, Michelle, throw your hand in the air. You are here. There she is. Um, introduced us to a group called The Underground. That's the name of their church. And they have a video, a documentary about how they got formed and who they are. And we showed it here on a Sunday morning as our sermon. I highly encourage, if you haven't seen that video, please go see it. Maybe we can post it this week again. Uh, it's called Underground People. And... Um, they give a, a, a snapshot into what these different groups of people were focused on. One man had come out of a, a life of addiction himself, and so now he's part of something called the Timothy Initiative. And it's just a small group of guys that have created this kind of group home and a place to minister to people with addictions. God bless. That's his story. God saved him, and now he's ministering to people that have that same need. Uh, in Tampa, especially the area, the downtown area where they are, it's called Ybor City, um, there's a lot of clubs, a lot of nightlife. And so there are a lot of strip clubs and there's a lot of uh, women sort of trafficking themselves or being trafficked on the streets. And so a group of ladies in this gathering of Christians said, well, who's loving these women? You know, what, what's being done for them? They're not going to come into a church on a Sunday morning, but what can we do? And so they started walking around and getting to meet some ladies by name, going into the, you know, the dressing rooms and backstage and talking to them, praying over them, praying for hope and for healing and offering alternatives, really inspiring stuff. doesn't feel like a meeting anymore. It feels like helping. And so all these different groups I just felt a calling to want to help in some way. And I think we all have certain things that tug on our hearts, so... We're curious what that would look like if we were all just sort of empowered to do that as church and to gather together in groups and do that. And so, all right, what's, what's this underground all about? So we got there. We expected to have the 10 points. This is how you do it. Day one, day 20, day five, the three-step plan to do, do, do. And instead, they didn't give us any instruction at all. What they did is they gave us questions and examples and said, well, if this is what's happening in this person's life, what might that mean for you? And so there were three main sessions, and they were made up just like this, of panels of people who had different gifts, different artistic talents, and the whole conference was around the word create. So creative types, a panel of artists painting, a panel of uh, a woman who was, yeah, improv was the second one. So improv artists, they did a skit for us. 
and then talked about what that meant for them, and we could see it as ministry and see how they learned and how they um, used that to bond themselves together and to minister to others. And the last one was a couple, a spoken word artist, a rapper, and then a woman who's like a screenwriter, a songwriter, a player, actor, director, just multi-talented, but in that vein of the arts. And they talked about what creativity looked like to them. So our God is a creator God. We've all been made in his image. We have ways that we're made. And we got to kind of hear from them how they celebrate that and how they use that. So I'm just going to pass the mic now. And hopefully certain things stood out to each of us. Um, that we can share, and then you can continue to ask questions to be inspired what it might mean for you. Yeah. Hello. Okay. Um, all right, I guess I'm next. <clears throat> so I'd love to share a little bit about, yeah, Dave mentioned the conference theme was, I think it was called to create. Okay. I think that might have been what they said. Um, and so they talked about if, if God is our creator and we are made in his image, then how are we made to be artists and how are we made to be creative beings? And they kind of talked about how um, in ministry, in the church, we've learned a lot from maybe the worlds of science and efficiency and business and things like that, but we've taken less time to hear from the artists and the poets and the writers and how can we look at ministry through the lens of art and being creative? And so, yeah, Dave was saying we heard from three different panels of artists. We heard from painters and improvisers and writers. And I personally thought it was the coolest thing because you just had these artists sitting up on stage and they weren't being asked questions about their faith, really. They weren't even really being asked questions about ministry. They were just being asked questions about their craft and their art, and their process, and their form, and the, the things behind it, but yet you could hear in their answers things, you could just hear that it just directly related to life, or to ministry, or to God. Um, the painters talking about how, like, paintings are never actually done. They're always in process. You always can continue working on them, and the writers talking about your life being the most beautiful poem you'll ever write, or the most important poem you'll ever write, and how through words you can change lives or you can start conversations that otherwise would be hard to start, let's say, through poetry. Um, the improvisers I found the most interesting to learn about because I knew the least about improv actors. And if you're unfamiliar with them, they're obviously improvising on stage and making up skits as they go. And so the whole like foundational concept of improv is this phrase, yes, and, that you don't reject anything in improv. Everything's just like, yes, accept it and keep going. And I'm sure people have written tons of books about this and how that applies to life, too. Um, and there's such a beautiful team mentality to these, to these actors because they're doing skits together, and so they have to support one another. They said your goal is to make your teammates look good. Um, there is a leader of improv teams, but apparently when they're all on stage, everyone's equal. So there's a leader, and they help facilitate and lead you and guide you as you're learning and in the practicing and in the processing, but when you're on stage, everyone's equal. That's like a really beautiful picture of leadership. And they said that there's just a vulnerability that's required if you're going to do improv acting with one another, and that for them that really has opened their eyes to see how much vulnerability is required just in life and in other relationships. 
and the beautiful things that are unleashed when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And even just they said that every this particular team of four people, every time before they go on stage with each other, they look at each other and say, I have your back and I want to do a show with you. And they were just saying, like, how beautiful do you do you ever say that to people? Like, I have your back and I want to do fill in the blank with you. Um, so I personally just loved hearing from these artists and the ways that they worship God through their art, but then also just the ways that being creative is like in our flesh and bones and that God created us and that we can be creative in so many ways and um, use creativity to show the world that there's something more beautiful and that being God. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll say that for now. I'll go next. I'll speak briefly because I want to give enough time for Mrs. Stratton to preach. Thank you. No pressure. <laughs> Before I begin, Devin, I have your back and I want to do a show with you sometime. But anyway, I just want to speak briefly. This was, for me, different than any conference I've ever been to. Yeah. It just blew me away that during the main sessions and even during the workshops, unlike other conferences, we weren't handed... Uh, materials to read, you know, on the way into the classroom. There was no PowerPoint. It really was, like as Dave said, just a lot of questions posed. Um, and even during workshops where we spoke about particular topics uh, of, of ministry, it, it really was like just a lot of questions. The whole conference had a lot of empty space. So for you input-output types, you would have been frustrated. Uh, blessed, but maybe a little bit frustrated. Um, the cool thing about it, like even though, even though the theme was, you know, creativity, um, you know, for you mathematicians and computer analysts and construction workers, it's like you're not off the hook because your God is a creator God, and He still desires to create through whatever your spiritual gifts are, whatever natural talents He's given, um, and one of the biggest takeaways for me was I felt as though, you know, after, after the whole weekend, it felt to me like, like when it was over, like I was handed a canvas and some brushes and paints, some pastels, some colored pencils or whatever, and told, here you go, now go home and create. And the beautiful thing about it as I've, you know, as I've been thinking about this in relation to ministry to missional community uh, and somewhat through talking with uh, Dave, Michelle, and Mickey, um, what, what I'm taking away from it is that we have such permission and such freedom to do whatever it is we think the Lord wants to do through us with missional communities and even in and through our own lives. Like there's no right way of doing church you know the the big things are right you know proper doctrine proper theology following jesus into mission the rest of it is up for grabs what what the expressions of missional community looks like like it's up to all of you just be prayerful be in conversation with each other be in relation with the relationship with each other and allow the holy spirit to define it we're not going to tell you you're wrong because of the way you want to do ministry. We're going to want to support you in how you do ministry. Mm. All right, Michelle. <laughs> Gosh, now I feel like there's an expectation of 
Um, yeah, I. It was really like such a moving weekend, just because, like you said, the word permission. I felt like that was just an important word for me to feel like God just wants to give all of us permission to do outreach, mission, um, to love the community in many different ways. Like it's an expression of who we are and what we value and who we're drawn to, what we're passionate about, um, the people we want to reach. And that can really look a lot different than even what we're imagining in our heads right now. Um, we have sort of a lot of confines and constraints of um, this building or um, programs or things we've done in the past or um, what we're expecting. And I think this whole weekend just like felt like we, I want to give all of you freedom and permission to really think about how missional can look in your lives and that it can look really, 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 really different from community to community. And so obviously over the past X amount of years and months, we've been talking about how can we be missional as a church? How can we be missional as people, as groups in smaller communities within our bigger New Hope community? And um, obviously there's some of them that have started and um, are trying to sort of discover uh, what that looks like. What does it look like? Um, and asking questions is really a great place to start because once you start mandating certain things, like there's very few things that need to be mandated as part of your missional communities. Uh, what were the three? Um, community. Season? Community. Oh, his, uh, worship. Yeah. Worship. And mission. mission. So if you're um, effective in your community, you are a community of people together. If you're worshiping together, um, and if you're on mission towards people, and you know, there's a lot of people in our world that really need help. And we're here on Sunday mornings, and that is great, and it's lovely, and God loves that, but it's not enough. Um, he really just wants more for us. The word more just, like, can't leave me alone. <laughs> we, he really just wants more, and not just, like, from us, right. but, yeah, kind of. Um, but also just he wants more for us, um, for us, not just from and a lot of times we're sort of thinking like, what does he want from me? And it's like, no, he just wants like more for us. Because once we start really pouring out and like spilling our joy and our love and our peace and our hope on people who really need it, like the kingdom really grows, you know? White roses should be like bouquets, like just like gardens of just like, woo, because there's that many hurting people in the world. Like there's that many people who need us and we're not going to effectively reach them here on Sunday morning because we're here. But we're the people. Like, we're the laborers. We're, the, like, the sowers and the planters and the gardeners and the waterers. And we have to have opportunity to not just be here. Um, and it's so that's hard because our lives look really full. Like, can I get an amen? Like, do you all feel like you have tons of extra time? Anybody? No? Okay, I didn't think so. Um, so if we're using our Sunday mornings and feeling like that's our time, and we're not then being able to be other places and minister to other people. Like, do you feel like a ton of people you know really want to come here on Sunday with you? They're like, please invite me to church. Please, I just want to come. Like, they're not saying that to you. I know it. I know they're not. Otherwise, I would meet them. Um, so if they're not coming with us here, then we have to go there. 
to them. That's what's happening in the big C church. It's not like, invite your friends because of all these attractive programs and a very attractive singing and a very attractive people on stage who are so cool. Like, nope. Like, no, that's not the thing anymore. The thing is that they're hurting people and they don't want to come here. Sometimes because we've hurt them, but also because it's just not what they want to do. But they're lonely and they're hurting and they're sad and they're desperate and we have to find them. We have to find them and be there for them as Christian people. We are the light. We have to go shine every place. And so some of us will feel like we have opportunities for that in our lives, in our daily lives, in our workplaces. And that's really excellent. But there's some sort of intention that's necessary um, for us as believers. And so being in missional communities is going to effectively just give us those opportunities. Um, so I like... I just left feeling so excited. Yeah. Like, and yeah. I didn't just feel excited for me. Like, I felt so excited for you. I felt like, oh, my gosh. There's so many people that have so many gifts. And not gifts like that are literally artistic gifts, although that's lovely. But, like, who can cook a meal that makes somebody feel really loved? Like, I know a lot of people in here who can cook meals that make someone feel really loved. That's an effective and important way to reach out to people. Um, who knows how to encourage somebody? Who knows how to build something that someone then repair it? Like, who knows how to help somebody with their finances? Like, every single one of you is like teeming with all of these ways that can like really positively impact somebody else. Like, you just need to really discover them a little bit more. Maybe, maybe you're not really sure what they are. Like, ask one of your friends. Like, think about this question: What really like brings me joy? Like, what makes me come alive? Like, what are the things? Like, there's so many things that make you come alive because you're passionate about them and you love them. And those things directed towards somebody else can really help them. But also, if you feel like, I don't really know, great, then just go help anybody do anything because you can do that. You can just do something that requires you to scoop soup into a bowl. Guess what? Every single one of you can scoop soup. So... There's like so many opportunities for us to impact people's lives. And I had this thought, and I've shared it a couple times um, this week already, that if we don't feel like fairly regularly, like we're way out of our comfort zone, or that we really, really need God, then we're actually probably not being missional. Like we're probably not. So that's like a very convicting thought for me and probably for you to feel like, and we are not meeting people that are pushing us so outside of our comfort zones that we're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. And then we're like, oh my gosh, I need God. <gasps> Yay, because he's so excited when we feel that way. Because most of the time we feel so independent. We're fine. We don't really need him. And he's like just up there being like, I just wish someone would utilize all of my strengths and power. Like anybody want to call on me? We're so busy being independent and feeling like we don't need him, and it's because we're living very comfortable lives, very comfortable, very safe lives, and we like that. We do, because being comfortable is nice, and feeling safe is really nice, but it's actually just not useful, and so I just felt like, wow, I want to have a legacy of feeling very like useful for the kingdom, not just like part of it, and so I'm like in the club, like literally who cares that you're in the club? Like, it doesn't matter if you're not then taking all of what God has, like, called you to, like, you're essentially your purpose, right? The Christian word, ooh, your purpose. But, like, you do have a purpose. And it's, like, a really important one. 
And like you have to actually discover it, ask God about it, and then be compelled to like have that purpose be your entire life. Uh, Dave said something yesterday, and I'll just stop talking and say this one last thing. Um, but he said in our meeting, we had a, a meeting with some of the missional community leaders just to sort of like see what's going on and what's new. Uh, and he, in his prayer that morning, said something about um, the actors on the stage. And um, we actually, this uh, conference we went to was literally in a theater, a really old, uh, amazing, beautiful theater. And so everything was held, well, not everything, but the main sessions were inside of it. And um, he was praying about sort of moving from being um, watching the actors on stage as Christians and sitting in the seats and feeling like we're watching professional Christian people on stage and just being like, wow, look what they do. So inspiring. I love the professional Christians. They're doing such a good job. Proud of you. Clap. Yay. Like all of the people in the seats, all of the Christians who are, that we're consuming and we're going to and we're looking for something to get, like, it's not the point. Like, every single one of us, the priesthood of all believers, belongs on stage. Like, you belong on stage, you belong on stage, you belong on stage. You are part of the story and what is unfolding. That's what you're doing. And so we're really, like, used to being in the seats and observing what people who are maybe paid for ministry do or people who are called. Like, you're called. Yeah. You, all of you, you're all called. Ta-da, you're also called. Yep. And so it's not about someone who's in a leadership position, who's an elder, who's whatever, worship leader. Like, no, no, because you have other gifts. And the thing is, is there's not a lot of opportunity for them to be represented on a Sunday morning unless you sing or unless you teach. Like, then you feel like you're just not as necessary or relevant. But the thing is, is you just are. More. More. Yeah, because there's so many important gifts that need to be out there being used in the kingdom. And, like, so I just want that for all of us. I want us to recognize that we're not spectators, that we're not in the seats of the theater, that, like, no matter how small that stage is and how much we have to pile on it, that's where we all belong. There's, like, plenty of room up there. Um, for anybody who doesn't feel like they're professional or they're equipped, like, yes, you are. You're all equipped. Every single one of you is all the way equipped. you know why? Because even if you don't know what to do, say whatever, you don't have enough training, you didn't learn all the books of the Bible in a row, whatever it is that's holding you back, guess what? You are part of, like, God, his Holy Spirit is going to actually just do whatever through you. He just is using you. You're a vessel. And so whatever situation you find yourself in that's way out of your depths, I hope there's tons of them. You don't need anything except for just God. That's it. So, like, no one literally has any excuse because it doesn't even matter. And you know what? Even if you do a really bad job and you make every mistake and you're just like, woo, that was terrible. Guess what? That's also okay because he can take care of it. Like, we don't need to be so afraid of making mistakes, of doing the wrong thing, of not serving someone in some sort of right way, like, of being like, what do I say to the homeless person? Yeah, no kidding. Like, what do you say? That's a great question. You know what you say to the homeless person? I literally don't even know what to say to you. I just don't know. I don't know. And so, like, tell me, what would be the one question you would want me to ask you? Like, there's, we have no excuse to not, like, love and be part of and minister to 
all these hurting people in the world. So you're equipped, you're equipped, you're equipped, you're equipped, you're ready, you're ready, you're ready, you're ready, you're ready, you're ready. Ta da! Go, go, yes, please. I told you she was going to preach. I think that in order to see things from a different perspective, it takes like really big questions because we don't even know what we don't know. We don't know what we've just assumed the whole time. We don't know what's normal because we just grew up in it. And so this conference just did a good job of asking big enough questions that you stepped outside of your own shoes to say, well, I don't know. What about that? I don't know. And those are good places, starting places. But this whole conference was not like trendy, was not like revolutionary, was not like, whoa, we're gonna blow their minds. It was biblical. It was just straight Bible. When Jesus called the fishermen, he didn't say, come and I will make you public speakers and organizers of gatherings once a week. He said, you fish, so that's what you know how to do. Let's take what you know and what you do and use it for God. You're going to be fishers of men. And then everything grew from there. Right? He took who he had and he just said, be who you are. I want to redeem that. I want to use that. Your gifts, your personality. The, the getting away from a structure into homes. What's the early church except for homes? What's the whole nation of Israel that we're reading right now in the Old Testament except tribes, family units? This guy and his son and his son and his son and their wives and their children and their families and their cousins, just people together on the mission. So it was very, very biblical. Uh, and the more we think about these sorts of things, the more I'd encourage you to read through the book of Acts and just think, what if that was today? And this is Francis Chan's question you know, with his book, The Letters to the Church, which I also highly recommend. You know, What if, when we read the Bible, it actually just described what church looked like today. That would be a very powerful thing. We should be praying for more of that. So these are all kind of some specifics, but a lot of general things because there was just so much, and the questions are even more important than the answers. But maybe real quick before we close, one more minute tops. Um, what's a quote or two here or there that made a big impact on you? What are some, just like a single statement or a single thought or a single quote? Because let's give them a few nuggets that meant something to us and just shout them out, whatever you got. Okay, so this is um, from the closing session, Brian Sanders, who kind of, I don't know, was the sort of founder of the underground like almost 20 years ago, um, who's written some of the books that Dave has read, da -da -da, probably gave the most beautiful 10-minute talk I've ever heard in my entire life. It made me cry, um, which actually isn't that hard, but whatever, it did. Um, so his, his theme of that talk was, it is better to be sorry than safe. Um, we like to live the reverse of that. Better safe than sorry. Um, but he said, how can we think about what we do and how we live in our life and mission as Christian people, thinking it's actually better to be sorry than safe. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Anything else? Okay. It's longer than a line, but I'll be concise still. Brian also in his last talk said, he basically said, if, you, if your eyes could look upon the face of God for just a moment, 
He said, like, wouldn't you see beauty? And he said, wouldn't that be the only face that you paint? And wouldn't that be the only moment that you write about? And wouldn't that be the face you look for in every single face you meet or the face you look for in the mirror? Just that that moment, seeing God face to face, would be the rest of your life now, trying to get back to that. And he said the pursuit of a beautiful life is the pursuit of holiness. The, the quote that comes to my mind is one of the painters uh, said, you know, how do you begin painting? He said, just make a mark. Big blank canvas, just make a mark. And that mark then will inspire something to come from and be built upon it. And he says sometimes he'll even have his little kids come in and just give them a paintbrush, make a mark. And the kid comes in, bring, okay, now that's the starting for something. And we want to make a mark in the world. And all you have to do is just do any one thing, any mark is a great starting point. And I just love that thought, just, just make a mark.